You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Watching Friends. Uh, you're listening to Season 2, Episode 18, the one where Dr. Drake Ramoy dies. Tragedy. Plus we have some stuff happening with Chandler's new best friend, well, friend of me, yep. I don't know, Eddie. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's quite a lot to, to go into in this episode. Uh, but it's been a, a little while since I've, I've seen you, Ryan. It has. I've been off on my hollybobs. As they say. And, and where did you get go and get up to? I went to the Netherlands after the fine city of Amsterdam. As, as, as at least you didn't call it Holland, which is really the thing that offends most people in the Netherlands is when you refer to it as Holland. Well, so the Netherlands is a collection of provinces and Holland is two of the provinces yeah. and the rest is the Netherlands. Yeah. So, yeah, it's easier to just say the Netherlands <laughs> because technically you're still there even if you're technically in Holland. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But had a fun time? Yeah, it was great. Uh, went to a spa for the first time, um, which was a European spa, so I, I had to get over being British really quickly because you're not allowed your clothes on in the spa. That was a... Uh, and, and did you uh, sit on anyone's lap? I, I didn't. <laughs> you should have done. I, I maintained respectful <laughs> distance. Um, but you know what? I'm honest with you, I quite enjoyed it. It was very liberating. Um, I did have a moment where there's... I don't know what it's called. It got nicknamed the womb by us. Um, but it's imagine like a swimming pool. It's really warm and filled with salt water. And there's so much salt in the water that you float. And oh, that sounds cool. Because air is lighter than water, when you breathe in, you rise up in the water. And when you breathe out, you sink. But I got really excited that it was a physical demonstration of physics that I was controlling in my brain <laughs> while I was in this pool. And I'm going, when like floaty, out of floaty, floaty, sinky. And I just started giggling. And the person I was like, what are you, what's funny, Ryan? And I was like, I'm doing physics. <laughs> yeah, just had a great big laugh. I had a great time. It was uh, very nice. And I got used to being naked very quickly, which was surprising. It felt very liberating, to be honest. Wow. No, between calling you you Ross and a bunch of other names, I think you know, uh, ugly naked guy. <laughs> can we can we give you that title now? I mean, it's not the kindest to my feelings, but I can be ugly naked guy for a bit if you want. I, I mean, bearded naked guy, bearded probably, naked, probably more hairy naked right. guy. Yeah. Does you know? <laughs> as long as it's not ugly, I'm all right. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we've we've had a few other things happen in the world of friends recently, uh, with Bruce Willis uh, being diagnosed with aphasia. Um, it's not really a diagnosis. It's, it's more the result of something happening. So uh, aphasia basically affects your brain mm -hmm. and it, it potentially he's had like a stroke or multiple strokes, uh, which basically affects your ability to like talk and communicate and stuff. Which is weird because he's been in a ton of films the past year. Yeah, I uh, get the feeling he knew and was like, let's get these films done. Yeah, so there, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years about Bruce Willis. As like He's been doing a lot of direct-to-video films and... People are like, why is this like big movie star just doing all these like rubbish films? And it's maybe this like either he, some people have said it, it's because he wants to make sure he's got enough money for his family. And you'd be like, it's Bruce Willis, he should have loads, right? But at the same time, you know, medical bills in America uh, can be silly, right? Yeah, especially, I mean, it depends what your insurance is. But I think it scales to this kind of stuff. People are always like, that celebrity must be loaded and rich and have all the money in the world. Yeah. And it's like, well, I get paid 
okay for what I do, not Bruce Willis money, but my lifestyle is accommodated by what I earn. Yeah. So if I suddenly started earning Bruce Willis money, I wouldn't be going to Nando's on a Saturday afternoon. I'd be going to a really fancy like five-star restaurant. <laughs> so your life would just kind of scale up. Oh, yeah. So I don't think it's so good. He should be rich because he's spending, you know, $800 on lunch, not 40 quid. Yeah. So so because some people are saying like, oh, people are taking advantage of him. And it's like, no, he's not lost his like mind. It is literally a, a communication like disability, I guess. Yeah. Which, which is why a lot of his roles, um, you can see like he's wearing an earpiece and like people saying he's being fed his lines or you don't see him on screen a lot or it's a body double and stuff like that. Um, so it's quite interesting. Like, you know, I, I feel like Bruce Willis appearing in Friends is probably a highlight for many people. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good moment. Uh, so, so it's very sad to, to see and hear this. But at the same time, he's like 67. He's, he's an old guy. Yeah, he looks well for his age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, aphasia or not, <laughs> you know, he's looking well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you know, hopefully, uh, you know, things would be a bit better for him going forward. Um, but yeah, so he's he's basically going to retire from acting now. Um, but you know, I, I think we all remember him from Die Hard, just same as Chandler and Joey. Yeah, pretty much. Like um, you say, Bruce Willis. I think Die Hard and then Sixth Sense. Yep. and then Friends. Yeah, he he's been in a lot of good films. Um, he's done some averagey films, and I guess you know the past couple of years he's done a lot of terrible films. But you know he's doing it for different reasons and that's fair enough right yeah and jobs a job at the end of the day like if you sign your contract you know what you're getting into who really unless you're happy doing it who cares exactly uh, i did also want to to start this episode very quickly with some uh, quick fire trivia questions for you ryan because i thought that might be funny for oh, the God, audience right, right. <laughs> uh, i've not even told you this so <laughs> how many seasons of friends are there? uh so question one quick fire okay let's go uh joey played drake dr drake remore in which soap opera days of our lives he did how many times did Ross get divorced? Three. <laughs> Are you sure? That was a very long pause. I was trying to work out if one counts in as a normal or not. Which one? Well, yeah, I get. I guess we'll let you have that. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, either way, because yeah, either way, you know, I'll probably have the wrong answer if uh, if you're counting that. Uh, Rachel got a job in which company in Paris? Ooh. I've forgotten. I can't remember. Oh, it is Louis Vuitton. Was it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you gone. I'm like, no, I, you said that. I have no idea. Like, I was going for jobs, but I, I would have stayed on the plane. Right. We've got two more then. Uh, what was the occupation of Rachel's fiance, Barry Farber? He was a dentist. He was an orthodontist. Same thing. Uh, and how many seasons of Friends are there? <laughs> 42. <laughs> No, say the right there answer before, before we get some angry letters. <laughs> there ten. were 10 seasons of Friends, which uh, we know. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to do this more often with you. Just just chuck out some That's quite random, fun. random trivia questions just, just to see uh, your knowledge on Friends. I mean, I would have stayed on the plane. I'm not giving up a job at Louis Vuitton for Ross. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I could agree with that. I wouldn't give up a job at Louis Vuitton for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, it's about time we get into the, the episode in full now, right? Why not? Uh, so, yeah, so we are going through um, the one where Dr. Drake Ramore dies, which is quite an interesting episode. I don't know what your thoughts on it yet. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll get more into the later, but, yeah, it's definitely a, it's an interesting episode, I'll put it that way. I don't know where it rates in kind of, like, the all-time rankings in my mind or how I would value it for kind of comedy content, but it's definitely an interesting episode and enjoyable and it raises a lot of interesting points for the gang. 
So we open with the gang watching the latest episode of Days of Our Lives. Classic. Uh, is it weird to watch yourself on a TV program or film? Like, I don't know. I, I think I would feel a bit weird watching myself. And I know like a lot of actors don't watch themselves. But like, you know, it's, it is a little bit like me having to listen to this podcast, which I have to do for editing. I do cringe a lot, but at least I'm not laughing at my own jokes and like things I've said. See, when I'm listening to the podcast for editing, I laugh at your jokes a second time. So I tend to just listen to you and mostly skip through what I say. <laughs> well, that's because you're laughing at me. That's, that's at least one person there, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it is a little bit off, but I, I can totally understand why a lot of actors are like, yeah, I don't, I don't watch what I've been in because I've seen, you know, behind the curtains as it were. And it kind of ruins, ruins it. I mean, I've been in, in exactly one film that was never released. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, I feel, feel like you should explain this a bit further. It was a student horror movie that, oh, okay. I, uh, that my cousin's now ex-boyfriend, uh, was like, Ryan, you're, and he tried to find a way of saying creepy looking without being insulting. <laughs> and I just told him to shoot. And he went, you're a bit weird looking. Can you play like the villain in, in my horror movie? And just be this, like menacing figure. Imagine The Undertaker from WWE, basically. Okay. That's what I was, like, the get up I had on. And there's a smoke machine. And I was just like wandering around a garden being creepy at night. Um, and I saw some of that footage and was just like, this is dreadful. Oh, I look stupid. <laughs> and then he kept whinging I was moving too fast. And I didn't enjoy my time in front of the camera at all. See, I thought you were going to tell us that you were seen a porno once. That's but, bad for but, the paper tray. <laughs> but you chickened out, and you was the guy who just watches. No. no. There I am. There, there I, I am. am. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was weird to see because, you know, I don't know. I don't like watching myself do things. Well, no, you're, you're not a natural actor, I guess, in a sense either. Like, that's, that's not your career. I mean, the D from me wants to blame his direction. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it must be odd watching you you know, be a character, or even if you're just being yourself, because you start to realise, like, all the, your little faults. Like, I, I, I notice that I go, mmm, a lot, and things like that, and it bugs me. I kept looking at the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really hard not to do. I don't know if there's, like, the special acting classes on not looking at the camera, but when someone's pointing something at you, it's really hard to not look at it. Yeah, and I guess that's a, a major focus for you, isn't it? When you're talking. Yeah. Like you, you've got like the the person you're talking to, but you feel like you need to talk to the cameras as well. Yeah, you should practice. I'll just I'm just gonna practice now. Imagine yeah. if we <laughs> stared at our microphones the entire time we did this. Oh no, it makes my eyes go funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's very close. It's our age now, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Get our very focals out. Uh, but we did learn in the reunion that Matt LeBlanc often watches Friends with his kids. Now I think that's pretty cool. Um, so Matt, if you're listening, which I'm 99.9% sure that you're not, uh, can we come over and watch Friends with you? You know, you, you can tell us some behind the scenes, like, you know, facts and commentaries and stuff like that. I think that'd be, be a fun That's day. Fair. We'll bring a Joey special. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. D- multiple Joey specials. <laughs> yeah, d- yeah, definitely. So, so Matt, you know, you know how to write to us at uh, watchingfriends.com. There's a little contact form there. You know, send us a message and uh, we'll, we'll fly over. We'll pop over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Ross runs in. Uh, he was late for watching the episode. Uh, for some reason, like, they're, they're all super invested to find out that Drake is Amber's half-brother. But, like, of course, like, Rachel wants to know what happens next. You know, she, I feel like she would be into, like, those magazines you see on supermarket shelves that just spoil the next week of soap plots. Mm-hmm. And be like, you know, here's a funny story about my aunt or, you know, the time I lost a leg to a crocodile but got it back. You know, those kind of weird tabloidy stories. Yeah, I mean, it's a slight tangent, but it's, I guess it's a, uh, a sad week for British soap acting this week mm. as uh, June Brown has passed away. Who played at the age of ninety five? Who played Dot Cotton in EastEnders? And she was in the show for like 
50 years or something. I, I mean, even 30 years ago, you was waiting to find out that she was about to die because she smoked like 100 cigarettes on camera. Yeah, for the past few years of her life, I've the doctors basically said, just carry on smoking, like, don't stop. It'd be worse for you if you stop. I don't know how true that is. It's, I saw a headline, didn't read the article. Um, but yeah, soap's a, a big part of British culture, I guess, in a way. Definitely. Um, so it's a, it's a big moment that, you know, kind of the queen of soaps essentially has passed away. But like, yeah, as I say, I can understand Rachel being invested in, in wanting this, but Chandler and everyone else, like, I don't know, if one of our friends was, was on a daytime soap, you might watch out a bit of morbid curiosity, but after a while, like, I wouldn't have any investment in them. I don't know. I've learned over the years that I can pretty much get into anything. So, so I guess the, the bar for that would be Gossip Girl when my ex would be watching it and I'd be reading a comic and I'd look up and be like, oh, Serena did what? And I'd just <laughs> find myself getting absorbed into stuff. So I think if, if I found an, a, a hook in, I would probably get addicted. So if, if you started or one of our friends was in a soap, even if it was something terrible, like, I don't know, The Only Way is Essex, I'd be like, right, I'll watch it because Mark's in it. And then by like six weeks in, I'd be hooked probably. You would be jealous of all the attractive women that I was with in, in that program. I said the only way is Essex, Mark. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Far from my type. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, for those that don't know, only way is Essex is a bit like Jersey Shore, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah. That's, that's probably the best way to describe it. For a bunch of sort of, uh, I, I, I hasten to say pretty people, but uh, people that come from wealth generally who just tend to go to nightclubs and hook up for each other and that's... The TV show. Well, it's presented as reality TV, except it's not. It's, it's, it's hardly fake, yeah. Um, and that, that's the most I can't get into it. Either give me all reality or all script. Yeah. The weird half and half thing I just find annoying. And the fact that they're all, for the most part, terribly vapid people. Yes. Uh, but we do find out there's a uh, Dr. Drake Moore. Dr. Drake Ramore. That's really hard to say fast. Dr. Drake Ramore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, has got an award for separating Siamese twins. Uh, then Amber and Drake meet their other half-brother, Ramon, and that's where he finds the world's biggest emerald, but it's cursed. <laughs> like, the way he describes like what's going to happen like in future episodes to Rachel is just amazing. It's great. I mean, I'd watch it, to be fair. There's, yeah. a, there's a Netflix TV show called Jane the Virgin uh, that I used to watch, and it's so proper times a million. Uh, what do they call it? Telenovela in like the Latin parts of the okay, world. Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to be crazy and super fun. And drama bombs would get dropped so often that me and my ex Googled drama bomb uh, in Spanish. Uh, has, there's a lot of Spanish in the show because it's got a mostly Latino cast, um, which is bombes de drama, which I have no idea if that's actually correct. <laughs> Google said what it was and that's what we use. But even though I didn't stop watching, I stopped watching the show like season four. We didn't get that far into it. And it's like, eight seasons of some daft, but we all know numbers of seasons are my weak point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think we've got to strike by criminal minds, but I still say bombastic drama in real life all the time. Like something will happen and I go, bombastic drama! And people, <laughs> unless, unless I'm around my ex who understands what it means, everyone just looks really confused. But I've got to this now, I just don't explain it. Yeah. <laughs> like, there'll be a shot lift at work and I go, bombastic drama! And everyone's like, mm. I'm like oh, carry on. But yeah. It, it definitely sounds more dramatic than, you know, Crossroads or Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I would watch Days of Our Lives if that's what goes on. Yep. Uh, we then get the intro, and Chandler wants Phoebe to play foosball with him, but she finds it grotesque. 20 armless guys joined at the waist by a steel bar, forced to play football forever, or soccer. Uh, well, uh, talk about us getting a bit dark, you know, me and you, but... I mean, over for, for, yeah, for, yeah, Phoebe's gone, gone well in for it. Yeah, Phoebe would fit in on the podcast, to be fair. <laughs> I, think, I think she would, right? Um, we then get uh, Phoebe suggests Chan uh, uh, Phoebe suggests to Chandler 
that he plays with his new roommate instead. So I think we should go and listen to our first clip. Why don't you play with your roommate? Uh, he's, uh, he's not a big fan of foosball. Uh-oh. Ooh, are we not getting along with the new boy? No, he's, he's all right. He just, uh, he spends most of his time in his room. Maybe that's because you haven't taken the time to get to know him. Let's remedy that, shall we? We don't, we don't need to remedy that. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun! <laughs> what was that? Hi. Um, I just thought that it would be fun if the three of us had some beers and got to know each other. Yeah, all right, that sounds all right. Oh, good, okay. Oh, no, I have to go because I'm late for my, um, green eggs and ham discussion group. <laughs> um, tonight it's why he would not eat them on a train. That was so lame. I know, yeah. <laughs> okay, talk to him. Yeah, that was terribly lame. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Uh, but, you know, I found that when I live with strangers, and, and generally when I've visited friends who live in communal houses, um, that most people tend to, to actually lock themselves away. Like, you know, they, do, they don't tend to do, like, the Joey and Chandler thing of hanging out together. They just go to their rooms, and that's where they hang out most of the time. Fair. Um, but, you know, Joey and Chandler... Bit different, I guess, because they're best buds. They were best buds, uh, but it's okay because you know Phoebe's is gonna get you know Eddie and Chandler to talk. Uh, but yeah, then she leaves with a really lame excuse. But I think she knows how lame it is, and that's what makes it funny. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's no point in her being there really if that's gonna happen. She needs to get you know them two together and try and get them talking. Yeah. Um, Eddie's weird. We don't quite know how I, weird. I, I guess we're gonna get into that now. Um, but yeah, I do. I mean, I've never lived with random people so the whole idea of well i don't know i don't know i don't know if you can't struggle because i'm quite chatty and make tea a lot so i feel like it'd be really easy to be like knock the door mark drink a cup of tea okay how's your day going like this happened last week when i was staying with a friend and then they've got flatmates and i'll just be like drink a cup of tea and i make a cup of tea and we get chatting about work and this kind of stuff and then everyone just gets chained so i don't think it'd be that difficult yeah it's it becomes a bit weird when there's like this like the living room that you share with people like you're watching tv and then other people might join you or they're going to want to watch other things so i think that's why people generally tend to just hang out in their rooms by themselves but i, I guess it depends on how well you get on with other people yeah i guess uh we then have chandler and eddie they start talking they're having some beers they're chatting about past dates and all sorts seems to be going quite well um can we talk about the room decorations for a moment though of course we can mark you know, so there's a proper couch there, although it's a bit worn. And I wonder, is it possibly Eddie's? Like, Chandler doesn't seem the type to me to get, like, a, a couch that's, you know, off the street. Because this is pretty well used. Yeah. I feel like Chandler would have, you know, pretty nice leather sofa. Yeah, if he was going to buy one at all, yeah. he'd buy a nice brand new one. Yeah. Uh, you know, you certainly got the money for it, right? Um, we've then got some, like, Russian art in the background and all sorts of knickknacks and statues and stuff. And when you like look at this stuff, it's all really strange. You're not like a typical guy's apartment, yet, yet somehow for the background stuff, it just works. Yeah, it's kind of like, what do boys like? Chuck some of that on the walls, and it's not consistent, and you never really see them do anything with it. I don't, I don't even there. know if it's what boys like, because I wouldn't put like Chandler being into like this like weird Russian posters. You know, like it, it, it reminds me of, you know, like the, the old circus posters, that yeah. sort of thing. And then you've got the chair that's made out of golf clubs. Like, it's just, it's just very odd stuff, though. Can you imagine, like, Chandler or Joey being into? 
I think that's to me that's why it works because it's so eclectic. Like they'll just be walking past the shop one day and see the golf club show and go, oh, let's buy it. It's made of golf clubs, <laughs> and then that's how it ends up in the flat. There's no coordination. Maybe um, it's just a random kind of hodgepodge of stuff. Um, like then maybe they were like, oh, we need something on the walls because we were adults. Oh, we'll buy those fancy Russian posters, even though they're not fancy. Yeah. It's just a poster. Um, I imagine it kind of naturally coming together over a course of time as opposed to being any kind of deliberate plan. Because if you compare it to like Seinfeld, which is very similar in terms of like dynamic. You know, the Seinfeld's apartment feels more like a bloke's apartment. Like, it's very clean. Yes, it's got books on the shelf, but there, there isn't any, like, I guess, personality to it. Yeah. It's very Ikea. It looks like a set. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the friend sets, you know, they're, they're completely unique. Like, you couldn't imagine anyone's house actually looking like theirs in terms of, like, the stuff they have. Yeah, because when you break it down into its constitute parts, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, it's also the best dressed apartment on TV is Frasier's apartment. Oh, we'd we'd all love a Frasier apartment, like, right? Well, just just the way it, it looks, it couldn't look more like the character, I guess. Yeah. Um, it fits Frasier perfectly with a grotesque chair of Martin's, but definitely fits it. Whereas, yeah, I get what you mean about the boys' apartment, where you couldn't you couldn't look at an item and pin that on one of the two guys. At, at the same time, you know, as we learn later on in this episode and next, uh, Joey is into some weird stuff. Yeah, Joey shouldn't be allowed to. Decorate. No, no. So, so. so you know, perhaps some of this stuff is Joey's. Like, you know, when he, he, he went to a flea market or something, he just was like, yeah, that will do. Yep, who knows? Uh, this is when Eddie then starts talking about his ex and goes a bit too deep into how they broke up. All right, I got a funny one, all right? My last girlfriend, Tilly, okay, we're eating breakfast, right? And I made all these pancakes. There was like 50 pancakes, right? And all of a sudden, she turns to me, all right? And she says, Eddie, I say, yeah. She says, Eddie... I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> and it was literally like she had reached into my chest, <laughs> ripped out my heart, and, and smeared it all over my life, you know? <laughs> and then I was like this incredible abyss, you know, and, and I'm falling, and I keep falling, and I don't think I'm ever going to stop. <laughs> <clears throat> that uh, wasn't such a funny story, was it? I said this in a previous episode, but that laugh, you know, it's like a break. It's like when you're on a bike trying to brake hard and the wheels just like keep slipping. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worse than Janice's laugh. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, Janice's, I, I think, you know, you could, it's one of those things, the more you hear it, the more you find it funny. But here's, oh, it could like cut through glass, right? I mean, I kind of want to feel sorry for Eddie a little bit here. Um, you know, we've all, we've all been through tough breakups and, you know, when someone asks about it, it can be a bit painful. And so I guess we'll kind of work out this episode and the next one. The breakup seems quite recent. Yeah. I very much get the sense that he left Tilly's and went to Chandler's. And I think there was much space in between the two. No. Well, um, he's just so off-putting that you aren't rid of him. Look, already, yeah. we, we barely got to know him, but he's just, there's just something about him that makes you go, I don't want to care. So go away. I, I don't think it's want to care. It's, it's too much information too soon, isn't it? Like, once you get to know someone, them telling you that sort of story is fine, but it, it's too deep and personal at this point in time, like for someone you've barely met. And maybe it's a culture thing where in Britain there'd be some kind of punchline attached to that story. Maybe. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. She didn't even eat the waffles. And they go, <laughs> yeah. I'd be able to shared the pain, but we'd have made light of it because British. Um, whereas, you know, Eddie is American, so maybe he just got the bare truth and it's weirdly uncomfortable. You need some humour to, you know soften the weird creepy feelings yeah because some people are just way too honest and there's a time and a place for that i guess i yeah I, at times in my life i've decided to be more honest and it never goes well no um 
it's quite funny to be fair i just sometimes it's like you were being annoying and people are like what i'm like you're annoying me now i mean, I, I mean that you. could just describe this podcast yeah <laughs> it's all our listeners <laughs> like they're annoying uh, uh we're then at central perk sorry um yeah, we're at Central Park. I put Central Park here in the note. Central Park. Uh, we have another cool song from Phoebes. Um, it's just so short, though. I, I really want more of it. It's it's so short. I haven't even made a clip of it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the ending line is the rest of the rats played maracas. I'm like, Phoebe, I want the rest of this story. What's going on? Why have the rats got maracas? What's the other rat doing? Please explain your rat story. Like, I need to know more. Yeah, I really do want a CD of... Phoebe's songs. Yeah, it's still mind-boggling that it, it, it never got released. No. no, no, just comedy comedy album at Christmas time would have made bank, right? Do it now. Like, yeah. just, just get, get Lisa Kudrow back in, record the tracks, donate the money to charity. Sold. Yep, done. Just knock it out of the park. Everyone would buy it. Yep. Uh, Richard is hanging out at the coffee shop uh, with a gang. Um, and then Monica um, invites Richard to stay over loudly. So that everyone, including her brother, can hear. That's a little bit weird. I mean, Russ is like, my little sister, everybody. And he's yeah. just like, well, because Richard comments that he's not got his PJs. Yeah. And she's like, that's okay. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh. And yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, but, it's a bit too much, right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, also, one thing, one little thing about Central Park. Ever notice the reserve sign on the table? Yes. Uh, perhaps that's how the gang managed to get the couch so much. They just like constantly reserve it. I guess. I mean, it, it doesn't, it's not always there. I feel like it's no. occasionally dropped in. So if anyone says to the writers, like, how they always got that sofa? They yep. can go, you, you'd not see episode 17. Got a reservation sign. <laughs> yeah. You go, oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I, I think that's a, it's quite clear. It's such a subtle little thing as well. And then Phoebe has uh, an announcement to make. Out of all the guys Monica's dated, and it's a lot, <laughs> she likes Richard the best. And I just love how like childish she is, like the way she's acting. It's like really sweet really childish yeah so she's really excited that she likes Richard and she's like yay this one could work out yeah <laughs> uh, but you know Phoebe's is, is dead Phoebe's definitely <laughs> dead yeah uh, at Chandler's there's a woman at the door with a fish tank it's Eddie's girlfriend or sorry ex-girlfriend Tilly uh, she seems quite sweet not quite as bad as Eddie made her out to be I mean we've now met Tilly for all of seven seconds and we've met Eddie for seven minutes and automatically you're like I can see why she dumped him yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do these crazy guys get with any women at all, let alone people like this, right? Um, Eddie is acting very abrasive until she leaves. Um, is that because Chandler had sex with her? Of course he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else did they do yeah. in the seven seconds that she dropped off the fish tank? Exactly, right. But still. Yeah. Joey. I, I mean, people can be kind of crazy anyway, let alone when they are actually crazy. I mean... <sighs> Again, I'd want to be like, there, there, Eddie, let's discuss your trust issues and what's going on. Why do you feel this way? But he's so off-putting again. I'm like, get out. Yeah. Like, just something about him as a freak makes me not want to <laughs> yeah. care. I want to care about him naturally, but he's so cringy and off-putting that I don't want to care. Yeah. Every, every, everything about it's weird from, you know, moving in because you spoke to Chandler in you know, shopping, uh, getting your food at the supermarket. Yep. Just everything about it's odd. Uh, we're then at Central Perk as Joey runs in with a stack of soap opera digest because on page 42, he's done an interview. Hey, is this true that you write a lot of your own lines? Uh, well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, remember last week when Alex was in the accident? Well, the line in the script was, if we don't get this woman to a hospital, she's going to die. But I made it. If this woman doesn't get to a hospital, she's not going to live. <laughs> 
see what you did there. <laughs> Aren't you afraid, though, that the writers are going to be kind of mad when they read this? Huh. I never really thought about the writers. The scripts just kind of come to my house. <laughs> but you know what? This makes me look good, which makes the show look good, which makes the writers look good. So how could they be mad about that? Makes up most of his lines. Son of a... Yeah, well, write this jerkweed. I fall down an elevator shaft? What the hell does this mean? I fall down an elevator shaft? Uh, I don't know. I just bring the scripts. <laughs> so, yeah, not really writing his own lines. More just slightly changes them. them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Phoebe, Phoebe worrying if the, writers will, if the writers will get mad. Like, yeah, that's a, a fair point. Yeah, I mean, is Joby credit on the show as a writer? No. Don't mention the writing. Like, yeah. Unless you're going to praise it. <laughs> it's that simple. And this is where we get like a weird sort of fourth wall break in my mind as we cut to a writer moaning as he's like writing the next script, quoting what Joey said in the interview. Like, I wonder if there's a little bit more to this. Like, you know, did this actually happen to like one of the writers on Friends or, you know, maybe one of the Friends cast that's like similar in the past? It's, it's just a weird little cutaway we never kind of normally get. Yeah, I get what you mean. It is, it is odd to something like insert random scene. Although that writer is credited as James E. Riley, who was an American soap opera writer who wrote huge amounts of the actual Days of Our Lives show, um, including a serial killer storyline I read about where he killed off over half the show's cast, but turns out all the deaths were fake. <laughs> okay. um, but I thought that was really cool. I was just like, because it, it was weird. When people get roles in things, my brain often will see a shot like that where it was just the back of his head. Yeah. And I'm like, what a weird role like couldn't you have shot that from a different angle like would you get credit for that so i looked into it and then found out he's credited as james e Riley. i don't know if it really was him or not so that's who yeah. he was credited as and he was a actual days of our lives writer because because normally if your face isn't shown on camera it's because you're not important or known enough like they just need a, a body there don't they yeah it could have been anyone it could have been yeah. the, the fourth ad or you know one of the producers or right anyone could be anyone the team well no no they, 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 they make sure that they're front and center and get, <laughs> yeah, get shown off it. right uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's really interesting to see that because we don't normally get cutaways to external locations, let alone to someone who's totally kind of unrelated to the cast and not interacting with them. So, no. But I did love seeing the messenger guy. Uh, he's a comedian, stand-up comedian actor called Brian. I can never pronounce his last name. It's like Posen. Uh, Brian, okay. I can't pronounce it. But he's hilarious. He basically plays the same awkward giant in everything he's in uh, in this in big bang theory he's in all sorts of stuff to be fair he's very funny um he also voiced a grunt in halo 2 well this is the only podcast that's friends related where you're going to have a reference to halo i think yep. but <laughs> but I, I, he's so funny he his voice there's just something about the way he speaks and the timbre of his voice that makes me love him i don't know what it is i just want to hang out with him he's great <laughs> like he's always this really dorky nerd in everything he's in He's in Big Bang Theory as a geologist. Ah, that's where I recognise him from, yeah. yes. But he's, I mean, if you look at his credit list, it's one-off appearances in like 70 different TV shows yeah. and a couple of films. But he's best known for, he's like really dark observational stand-up. But yeah, it's just cool to see him. I mean, one of those things where he's not quite a guest star, and I don't know, you know what point his career was at when this episode would have aired, but to me in 2022, I definitely know who he was. So it was cool to see him. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, time for an ad break uh, while you enjoy having, you know, us talking about Halo <laughs> in a Friends podcast. So we'll see you in a little bit. 
and not enough deep dives into your favorite superheroes. One podcast stands as a shining beacon in a world of pain and darkness. Yeah, yeah, darkness. Yeah, lots of darkness. Bunch of dark stuff. Superhero stuff you should know. That's us. Andrew, why are you talking like that? I'm the movie voice guy now. I'm the new movie voice guy, and it's time for you to listen to superhero stuff you should know. <laughs> uh, so we have, like, unused concept art, unmade scripts, unmade superhero movies, all check us out at superhero stuff you should know. Ben, you should do a movie voice guy voice. Guy voice. Uh, I would, but I think we're out of time. Superhero Stuff You Should Know, part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Part of the HyperX Podcast Network. I just said that. Make room for huge plays with the HyperX Alloy Origin 65 Mechanical Gaming Keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste Wireless Mouse. The Alloy Origin 65 has a functionally compact form factor, keeping the arrow keys while ditching the numpad and the F keys. The Pulsefire Haste is the lightest wireless mouse from HyperX, featuring a robust connection and the precision you need to click heads. The Alloy Origin 65 and Pulsefire Haste Wireless, a terrific twosome to keep your setup clean and clutter-free. The award-winning Go Nintendo podcast is the best place to get the latest news on the world of Nintendo. We cover the biggest stories, share impressions of the latest games, and answer your burning questions. There's also some general pop culture talk, game music trivia, a heaping helping of silliness, and did I mention our robot companion? I'm the star of the show. Catch new episodes of the Go Nintendo podcast every Saturday on the HyperX Podcast Network. Make room for huge plays with the HyperX Alloy Origins 65 Mechanical Gaming Keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste Wireless Mouse. The Alloy Origins 65 has a functionally compact form factor, keeping the arrow keys without the numpad and function keys. The Pulsefire Haste is the lightest wireless mouse from HyperX, featuring a robust connection, up to 100 hours of battery life, and is even water resistant. The Alloy Origin 65 and Pulsefire Haste Wireless Keep your setup clean and clutter-free with the Alloy Origin 65 mechanical keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste wireless mouse. We then cut back to Joey. Uh, he's fallen down an elevator shaft. Uh, he's reading the script in like front of the guy who delivered it, as you yep. just described. Um, how long was that guy standing there for, for, for Joey to like flip through the script to see what was going on? Um, yeah, jo- Joey is understandably upset. At the same time, this was a tiny part that got extended into a slightly larger part. Unless like somewhere he was told like it's going to be a permanent member of the cast that we never got to see. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely get the sense he was on the show for a while and he was definitely yeah. a part of the core cast at this point. Uh, that's what you keep the writers happy. Yeah. Like it's... It's not complicated. It seems like keeping the person who's the writer at work happy. You know what I mean? Look at the people who control your job. You keep happy. Yep. Uh, Monica is trying to comfort Richard about how many men she's been with, or she's trying to make herself feel better, perhaps? Uh, turns out Richard has only slept with two women, his wife he met in high school, and now Monica. Uh, for me, that's got to be a bit nerve-wracking for Richard. Like, you know, he gets with Monica, and, you know... Yeah, it's got to be a bit weird, right? I guess. I mean, it's 
mean, I, I guess we're going to slightly more later on, but it is just dumb man logic of of being, I guess, technically less experienced than your partner when it doesn't matter because all that matters is you, the experience you shared together. Yeah. Um, but it, I guess it's just the way society portray, portrays male sexuality and female sexuality in this weird double standard. Maybe, like, Rachel's mum, he's wondering if uh, there's anything new in the sex that he needs to learn, right? Uh, Monica runs away. Uh, does she think, you know, two is bad, or is she embarrassed, like, that he's only been with two women? I mean, it's weird. There's a lot of times in Friends, especially in the early first season, where it's all like, yay, like, women's lib and girl power and freedom, and you can't judge women for doing whatever they want to yeah. do. And then we get to episodes like this, where it's suddenly like, oh, wait, we're... Maybe not as an audience, but as a show, we're kind of judging Monica for her sexual past, which I always find weird because the show's so like sexually avant-garde most of the time. And then we get to weird times like this where it's like, oh, but at the same time, I do get that it can be an issue in relationships. So, yeah, you, you have to wonder, like, maybe are they trying to pull it back a bit from the first series? And at this point, they're like, oh, you know, we've angered a few people. Let's, let's pull it back and show that, you know, she is slightly concerned about it rather than just being gung-ho about it all. I mean, it fundamentally just comes down to insecurity, to be honest. Yes. Like, both Monica's insecurity of, oh, what's what you're going to think of me because of this thing society supposedly deems as inappropriate, and Richard being, oh, wait, I'm insecure that I'm not going to be experienced enough for Monica. Well, unless the other thing is Monica's worried, you know, she's got to compete against, you know, his wife of however many years. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a lot of insecurity, whereas, as we always say, just, you know, open, honest communication would, would solve a lot of it. But that's, tend, that's not how people work and would make a very boring sitcom. Well, Richard just needs to have a ballpark number, and this is where we get one of the, the great jokes of the episode. Well, it wasn't that many guys. I mean, if you consider how many guys there actually are... <laughs> It's a very small percentage. Hey, it's not that big a deal. I was just curious. Good night. Night, Richard. Good luck, Mon. <laughs> All right. Before I tell you, uh, why don't you tell me how many women you've been with? Two. Two? <laughs> Two? <laughs> how is that possible? I mean, have you seen you? Well. I mean, what can I say? I, I, I was married to Barbara for 30 years. She was my high school sweetheart. Now you. That's two. Two it is. <laughs> okay, time for bed. I'm going to go brush my teeth. Whoa, whoa, no, wait a minute now. Come on, it's your turn. Oh, come on. You know, I don't need the actual number, just a ballpark. Okay, it is definitely less than a ballpark. My joke. My joke. Hit again. <laughs> my joke. My joke. <laughs> yeah, it's just perfectly timed. Just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely love it. I mean, this is one of those classic male questions where you you don't you shouldn't ask it, and you're gonna have feelings about it one way or the other, and you don't want to ask it. But once that question gets in your head, you need to know the answer, yeah. and it's never gonna make you happy. No. Just 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 don't ask. No. Ignorance is definitely bliss. Yep. Definitely. Because it's not a judgment, at least in my experience, it's never a judgment on, oh, she slept with this many people. It's, I'm going to be compared to this many people. And then you go, ooh, <laughs> just get well, insecure. Well, yeah, which, whichever way you go, if it's like one or a thousand and one, you're always going to be thinking about it in different ways, right? Yep. And it's never going to be a positive experience. So uh, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a bit like, you know, Ross asking Rachel, you know, about, about her past. It's like you. You don't want to know because it's, it's different for everyone, right? Yep. 
and you're not going to compare to those sorts of things. And I guess, you know, we're going to get into that in a little bit of this, this episode. Uh, because next door, Ross is asking Rachel her number. Uh, again, we have another guy, Ross, who's only been with two women at this point. Yep. Carol and Susan. Sorry. I mean, Julie. Julie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just always think of him, you know, Carol and Susan. He was left out. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much right. Uh, we know he hates Susan. Still, interesting for the show, especially for the time, to make it like the two main men that have had less conquests. Yeah. Uh, Rachel reels off a list. Uh, Ross, Billy, Pete, Barry, Paolo. Why remind Ross of him? You know, like sometimes people can be a bit too honest in relationships and forget who they're actually talking to. You know, Ross is jealous of Paolo for a few obvious reasons. Um, and, you know, I feel like in some ways he, he should be. Uh, but once Ro- uh, Rachel blurts out that he was barely a relationship, just meanless animal sex, all that kind of like sticks to him, right? Yep. Now, we all know what she means. That, like, you know, there wasn't a connection there between her and Paolo, really. It was just physical. Yep. Just, just the, like, they couldn't even speak the same language, so it li- literally was just looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Ross and every other guy in the room hears that he was amazing in bed and that's all she needed. Yep. It's, it's prime dumb man logic. I've fallen victim this similar kind of to myself. So a girl once told me that I make her feel safe, and I was such an idiot about it. I got all insecure as if it meant I were boring or that like we somehow lacked passion because I made her feel safe. She quickly called me a moron and explained that we have that and more precisely because she feels safe, even though it took a while to sink in. Um, but I guess it's a sort of I guess what nowadays the media would call like toxic masculinity. Yeah. This weird thing where I guess the male psyche is like sex is all that counts so if i'm not the best at that then what the uh, no that's terrible and i'm oh, that's the only reason i'm valued and it's like well you know it's just it's an odd way of thinking that well yeah because I, I guess that's how ross is thinking it you know like paolo was that good that she didn't even need friendship or someone to listen to all the other boring stuff like she just needed him physically yeah like the, i guess to, i mean if i've been you could like sneak into that room and chat to ross i'd be like ross is she still with paolo no. no. Did they work out? No. So whatever Paolo did bring to the table, it wasn't enough. No. And you two are together, so even if what you bring is different, you're with her now. So take the win, man. Yeah, it's, it's like people who buy gifts thinking they can like buy your affection and friendship. It's like it only lasts for like a short amount of time. Yep. There has to be like more than just like the gift buying to have you stick around, I guess. Um, but, you know, Ross is now pretty hurt by this. I guess, thankfully for us, uh, we quickly cut back to uh, Chandler and Eddie. Uh, Chandler didn't uh, sleep with Tilly, but of course, that's exactly something someone who did sleep with her would say. That is true. You would definitely <laughs> deny it. <laughs> uh, you know, talk diverts to the empty fish tank that's on the table now. Buddy is missing. Who's Buddy? Eddie's fish, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Eddie gets crazier. He thinks Chandler slept with his girlfriend, insulted his intelligence, and then killed his fish. Why is it the name Eddie is always associated with Crazy or Crazy Eddie? Like, there's so many businesses called Crazy Eddies out there. And you say Eddie to me, and my brain goes to Ed, Ed and Eddie, the yeah. weird Cartoon Network cartoon from back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, they were pretty weird too. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't name your child Eddie if you uh, want them to be normal, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're then back at Monica's room, and Richard finds out the number, but we don't. Um, what do you think the number is, Ryan? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure the reason we don't find out is because the show writers didn't want to 
negatively impact anybody. So they've made a big deal that Monica's number's high and that for some reason is bad. Mm. It's essentially the vote we're going for. So say Monica had said 17. If there's an audience member out there that slept with around 17 people, are they then going to feel bad about themselves? Where if she'd gone, you know, six and someone's done seven, oh, that's that bad. Or if she said 82, we'd be like, you know what I mean? Like, what, at what point? Like, even if a number's going to be so high, it would seem unbelievable. Or there's going to be a judgment attached to it that I think would negatively affect a potential viewer. So I, I, I think that's why we didn't get a number because they don't want to judge somebody just because they've, you know, done what they've done. That's very clever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as you say, like, who cares? It's just a number, really, isn't it? So it doesn't really matter. Um, and just because the amount of people like you've been with is high doesn't make you amazing. Um, and it doesn't make you easy either. No, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, I mean, I guess keeping this as safe for work as possible. Mm. I've had one night stands that were nowhere near as much fun as I had in a middle of a relationship. For instance, the experience, like the direct experience. Well, yeah, like you, you see on TV, you'll get these men generally celebrities who are like i've slept with a thousand women it's like cool how many of them called you back again yeah like there's a reason they didn't stick around <laughs> yeah like you know you, you might be be able to talk a good game but doesn't mean you know, you're actually good at it oh yeah exactly plus i mean it's 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 a it's a weird thing to assume people should just be good at yeah um given that no one they don't know what you like so there's a chance that you'll meet someone have a one night stand or start a relationship and immediately both your brains are in the right mode of, oh, we both like the same thing and therefore it's immediately fantastic. But it's always entirely possible that you could meet someone and be like, what is this person doing? This isn't fun. What's going on? Or I'm doing, you know. <laughs> it might be bumpy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just a new kind of style they've not heard of before. Yeah, I mean, this when you just see like Cosmo magazine and stuff, the majority of women tend to report that the best sex they have is in a relationship. Hmm. And a lot of that is because, A, there's communication, you get to learn each other's kind of likes and dislikes. And also, a lot of the time, that connection makes it a lot better. Yeah, and I guess there's a difference between the sexes there as well. Like, men are, are more visual, and women are more, like, in the mind as well. So it, it works differently for, for different people, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but then we get a really touching moment where Richard tells Monica that he's only stuck with people he's in love with, which is, like, a really nice, like, low-key way of, like, saying the big word. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Monica says it back because otherwise it would be really awkward, right? It would have been. Uh, but I'm definitely becoming a softie in my old age. Is this made me feel all warm and fuzzy? <laughs> I was like, oh, watching the show. Um, I mean, we all know that I'm a romantic at heart. And I'm sure we've all had that moment after saying I love you where you're waiting or hoping they'll say it back. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's that like the, the four seconds in between the sentences <laughs> yeah. just drags you like, oh my God, they're not going to say it. Are they going to say it? And you know, you know. Yeah, have I made a mistake? Yeah, like, did I say it? this too soon? Do they not feel that way? Is that not where this is going? You panic. Um, but you know, when they do say it back, as Luke Combs says, it's like rain on an old tin roof. Which I guess is my way of telling our listeners that I've been listening to far too con- much country music lately. <laughs> Don't know why, but I'm obsessed with Luke Combs. He's great. And yeah. Yeah, that's a reference that went straight over my head. Yeah, from the look on your face, I was just like, Mark hasn't listened to Luke Combs. You should. He's a very good country singer. Uh, but again, next door, Ross and Rachel are arguing yet again. Ross, please listen to me. Ross, you are so much better for me than Paolo ever was. I mean, you care about me. You're loving. You make me laugh. Oh, hey, if I make you laugh... Here's an idea. Why don't you invite Paula over to have a little romp in the sack and I'll just stand in the corner and tell Knock Knock Joe. Yes! Ah! Ross! Look, what you and I have is special. All Paula and I ever had was... Animal sex? Animal sex? 
saying? I mean, you're saying that like there's nothing between us animal at all? I mean, there's not even like um, a little animal, not even, not even like like chipmunk sex. Okay, Ross, try to hear me, okay? I hey, I'm not gonna lie to you, okay? It was good with Paolo. Knock knock. But. What you and I have is so much better, okay? We have tenderness, we have intimacy, we connect. You know, I swear, this is the best I have ever had. Like, you got a feel for Rachel here, haven't you? I mean, I'll be honest, I almost want to retract my joke <laughs> and give it to his, I'll tell not no jokes in the corner, because that... <laughs> <laughs> a bit even during the clip. Well, because like Ross has been like super weird about this first off, like just just the you know acting about it. But then he's in the corner tugging on a toy and turning the light switch on and off really quickly. I mean, you know, I get him being a bit like psychotic in later season, but this is an early one. I mean, I think he's just he's just feeling very exposed and vulnerable and insecure, and he's just turning away from it because it's it's a lot for him to kind of deal with and go yeah. through. I mean, it is a bit of a weird behaviour, but I kind of get it. Because, you know, Ross is upset about the animal sex as if he's, like, somehow a lesser man because, you know, she doesn't have that with him. Like, you know, I get wanting someone to be, like, passionate about you and, like, really into you and, and stuff. But she's with him and she is into him. And it's, it's almost like people want to be, like, the hero. And I guess, you know, the, the way she's described it, it's like, oh, well, you're the boring type, whereas he wasn't. Well, I think it's a difference between what women say and men hear. Yeah. So she's just told him that what they have is the best she's ever had. Like, as an overall experience, it's the best. Hmm. Which, I mean, I'm neurotic, so I'd be like, she's just saying that. But, like, <laughs> she has just told you that. But he's still obsessed after, like, the initial, the initial pain, I guess. The initial, yeah. like, wound of, oh, we just had this great animal sex. It's made him feel insecure. So no matter what she's at this point, Russ needs to find a way of accepting it and getting over it. But she's saying something fantastic similar to when i was saying earlier about the girl said i made her feel safe that's fantastic and when she you know went on a giant rant explaining to me how difficult it is for a woman to feel safe around a man in general like why am i being a moron about it i was like oh what women say what men hear because yep. you just hear that i guess you just kind of negativity bias is it's kind of st standard operating mode and when you do hear it you're like no i'm going to focus on this and obsess over it and play with the light switch even though rachel's saying some really nice stuff yeah because i i do have to wonder if this goes back to his like college years where girls didn't want him and Rachel didn't want him for like in you know for like the prom you know even though she didn't know she went with Chip right yep so like you know you have to wonder if like some of this is a bit of his past and he's like a bit fragile about it about oh. being wanted I would say it's his past but specifically in terms of Rachel I think if Julie had said this to him yes like he didn't have this kind of weird sexual insecurity about Susan becoming a lesbian no. Carol becoming no Carol becoming yes lesbian. yes and he didn't you know at no point was he that massively insecure about Julie a little bit but not too much whereas this is clearly like hit a nerve and that's purely I think because it's Rachel yeah like he's liked her for God knows how long and and he's probably heard the stories about who she's got with and been with and stuff and it's been like well what about me uh, but that's because he didn't grab the spoon yeah. so well I mean for the most time I guess when I guess in the cliche way of thinking you know men fantasize about a woman it tends to be a physical sexual thing they think about not going shopping for baby socks or something yeah um so he's basically just been told that girl that you've really desperately wanted for a decade and you know can now finally be with 
in theory had a better experience with someone else and it's just going to be crushing so i do feel really bad for us but he does need to go over himself because you know he's hoping for you know just a little animal sex even chipmunk sex like first off you that yeah. sounds disgusting uh but rachel fights for him and has to convince him uh and then ross flips like a light switch and he's all okay you know in my mind maybe him and eddie should start hanging out i mean i guess he's like she said something nice and comforting and he's kind of like right so she's just told me we've got nine out of ten things. Yeah. That's fantastic. Right. I'm okay, that phrase is gonna work. Oh, so I'm not gonna give her the other one. <laughs> but you know, now he's like, right, well, I can be he's basically trying to, you know, prove himself like, well, I can be passionate and, and animalistic, I guess. Um which fine, off you go. So I, I get it, but yeah, I guess, you know, she said some really nice and now he just kinda of wants to prove to himself that, you know, he can be passionate and kind of get rid of that insecurity. But don't describe it as chipmunk sex. No, I mean, that just makes me think of Alman Simon and Theodore. <laughs> and I'm like, poor guy. <laughs> no, not, not the rescue rangers? <laughs> don't, don't take it down Disney territory. Don't ruin my childhood. <laughs> uh, Rachel then runs to the bathroom to get some condoms to find Monica is already there looking. Um, first off, who keeps that in a shared household in a common area? Like, Ryan, I imagine you living like with one of your male friends and like, those things would go out of date before they even got used, I think. I was going to say, like, if most of our friends, they wouldn't need a communal area. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird to me that they don't just have a box each in their room, given that they're both currently in relationships. Yeah. Like, Richard is somewhat new. Ross isn't. Like, why haven't you got your own? No, it's, yeah, even if you're not in a relationship, it's probably just something that you would have in your room. Yeah, just there. for safety's yeah. sake. Yeah. Um, I mean, condoms are annoying. But but also, one, they're expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, you're not going to be sharing those out, are you? I mean, it, it's not, yeah, but obviously later on we find out that condoms aren't always super effective. <laughs> no. Um, which is fun. <laughs> but, yeah, it is like, why would you keep them in the bathroom? Yeah. Like, that's odd to me. I mean, obviously, again, we're doing that and we're like, why would you keep them here? Comedic effect in a sitcom. That's it, what you keep them there. It is, yes. But, yeah, because otherwise you've got to get up out of bed and you've got to be like, I'm going to go across the hall to the bathroom. But you're right. So, yeah, comedic effect. Um. But sadly for the girls, there's just one left. Now, before we talk about Richard running out in his boxes and unbuttoned shirt, there's an episode episode of Seinfeld I recently watched. Uh, they go through like a similar plot line, but the the women are after a sponge. Have you ever heard of a contraceptive sponge before, Ryan? Not until last week. <laughs> Is that when I told you about it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never heard about it before like this episode of Seinfeld. Uh, I think it's a very 90s thing and only one company makes them now. But yeah, like slight tangent. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's an episode that was on a similar time to this. Um, the 90s was a horny time for TV comedy, it seems. I guess it was like, oh, you can be edgier and talk about these things on TV now. And, you know, we've gone from Little House on the Prairie to, you know, primetime sitcoms. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Ross appears uh, making animal noises and sadly comes across Richard it's just so awkward like you know you've got two couples next door to each other both doing the deed and it's made even more awkward by Ross making small talk with Richard like wondering about his moustache well yeah it would would be awkward to be fair <laughs> like uh hello I, I, yeah I would just go back into the room and keep the door slightly ajar so you can see <laughs> oh hi Mark <laughs> yeah. just turn around go back yeah. in yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, the girls are haggling over who gets the last one. Somehow Monica gets it and Rachel is the one begging for it. Like, I, I don't know that logic. Like, you know, did, did Monica buy them? Or like, if it's in a shared area, I don't know why, you know, Monica just automatically assumes that she gets it. 
because she wants it. <laughs> I don't know. And then with one single game of rock, paper, scissors, Rachel gets it. See, I read that in your note, and I put, but why would you play more than one game of rock, paper, scissors? Because it's always best two out of three. No, just like, just, there may be some kind of like probability or statistician, mathematician listening to the show, and they'll correct me on this. So please do, if I'm incorrect. But surely, I was at a friend's house the other day, and they asked Siri to toss a coin three times. And I was like, why did you do it three times? It's not the same situation. They're trying to sort yeah. it on takeout. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, why did you do it three times? If you do an odd number of times for a binary option, it's still 50-50. So it's still a 50-50 chance that you're going to get one or the other. So you don't need to do three times, because the result's going to be the same as one time. Yes, but it's like when, like, let's say me or you had to, to discuss something in a and agree or disagree on it the two of us could just end in a stalemate right which is why you do it three times yeah but then just do it once if you're going to do it three times you must just do it once but, but, but then that would just be your opinion then in that regard well no, it would just be because it doesn't make statistical sense to do it if you do it in odd if there's two options and you do it an odd number of oh, times yeah. it's still 50 50 either way I, I guess i guess in this regard like yes if you do it once like whoever had like one just one right but it's it's always best of two out of three, because no, then it's a fair chance. Then it's, it's not a fair chance. It's still fifty fifty. It drives me nuts. I did this exact thing in Amsterdam last week where we both wanted food, and it was the end of holiday. I was like, right, rock paper scissors. Loser has to pay. Do you know how many times you did rock paper scissors? Once, <laughs> and I won. Um, so, but you don't need to do it more than once because it's still the same odds if you do it for three or five or seven or nine times maybe, maybe it's like a bit of a fairness thing you know you you get a a chance i think see. it's weird human illogicness just well, being people are just being stupid you know you know what audience write into us at watch friends pod on twitter and facebook or use the contact form at watchingfriends.com should should they've just done rock paper scissors once or is it best two out of three we could do rock paper scissors once to decide what they should have said <laughs> yes <laughs> uh we're then outside and the guys are debating about John Voigt. I, I don't really get this joke. Do you understand it? Uh, I mean, they're arguing about a movie and confusing movies and actors and stuff in it. And like, I've not seen either of these films, so... Okay. But, you know, it's okay, because Rachel interrupts us to take Ross into the bathroom. Um, sorry, the bedroom. And then we get another animal noise. You know, how does Ross get these women, seriously? Uh, pass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, sadly for Richard, it's not going to happen. He'll have to wait till tomorrow. Right. So I do need to retract my my joke from earlier. Um, <laughs> because as they go back to the bathroom, uh, Monica's like, they're doing it tonight. We'll do it tomorrow. To which Richard replies, in future, if I could see the schedule beforehand. My joke. My joke. Which I just love. It's I, In my brain, it's the kind of joke I'd make. And I'm like, go on, Richard. That's a great joke yeah. to make now. Because you've got to do something because you're not having fun. Yeah, I've, that's definitely a very guy way of thinking of like, you know, I want to know when it's going to happen because <laughs> like, I have no, you know, idea of when uh, it's going to be decided. Like if I'd known that before I came over, I could have stayed home and watched hockey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chandler is being comforted by the gang the next day. Uh, Eddie has stolen all the insoles out of his shoes. Uh, but it's okay because Joey's show is on and now we can ignore Chandler's problem. Um, they've taped this one though. And are waiting for Joey to come over and watch it with them. Um, and then we have our final clip of the episode. Amber, I want you to know that I'll always be there for you. As a friend and as your brother. Oh, Dre. What a day, huh? First the medical award. Yeah. 
Some guys are just lucky, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ramore, report to first floor emergency stat. Oh, okay. Well then, uh, yeah, I guess that's me. Anyone else need to go in the elevator? Dr. Wong? Dr. Wong? No, no. They only said you. Oh, okay. All right. I love you, Drake. Yeah, whatever. Oh, no! Drake, look out! Drake! Did they just kill off Joey? No. Now, maybe. It's such a funny scene, this. So they couldn't wait for Joey to appear, so they just end up watching it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Joey being called to, like, the first floor and has to take the lift, and Joey awkwardly, so awkwardly, just does not want to go in the lift. Uh, but for some reason still follows through with the acting. I, I really enjoy how improv the rest of the cast get, where he's like, no, they just said you. <laughs> yeah. Like It's not, because I'd assume in most cases you'd just be like, cut. Right, do it properly. Well, yeah, because I wondered if this was live. And so I looked it up and it's like, no, they, these were always pre-recorded because some, some soaps are filmed live or they used to be. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this would make sense if it's filmed live and they've got to keep it going. But no, like like you say, they would have normally gone, cut, Joey, do the line properly, act properly, die. Well, it's just like, I love you, Drake. And it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, like, okay, then. But yeah, the, the cast is like, they, they keep pushing him to go, even though there's clearly no lift there. And there's just a shaft. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, the group are just absolutely stunned. I think I would be too because of how it's filmed and acted. Like, the way they're just like, oh, he's not dead. Bang. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> and now he is. Look, what, were, what was the on-screen cast doing? Is in the days of our live cast doing while we were waiting for that bang. Yeah. <laughs> we're just kind of like looking at their watches. Or... Well, yeah, because he's like hanging over the edge, almost like a video game character where they do the, the animation like, whoa, about to fall <laughs> yeah. off, right? And then he just falls. Yeah, it's... It's, it's weird, but it's hilarious. Uh, the gang then rush over to Joey's, um, but he doesn't want to talk to them. And the only reason he lets them in is because Monica needs to pee. That's fair. Uh, I noticed on Joey's coffee table, he has copies of GQ magazine and Wired. Um, Joey doesn't seem like a Wired sort of guy to me. See, I know nothing about Wired as a magazine. I only know the YouTube channel where they have, like, expert breaks down this thing from things. Yeah, or... Wired was, like, a tech sort of, like, geeky magazine, yeah. I guess. Like, like not super hardcore, but cer- certainly, like, not what Joey would be into. I imagine Joey just signing up to some kind of, like, men's subscription magazines. For, co- then... for, for coffee table books, yeah. Yeah, and then they're just, like, they just get sent, and that's one that happens to be on the table. Uh, Joey then explains what happened. Phoebes tries to make him feel better, but fails spectacularly, because, you know, this was the greatest thing to ever happen to him. Um, you got to feel for Joey here, though. But like, even though bad things happen, there's always better things that will come along. It just might take a little bit of time, right? Yeah. Um, I love the line where Joey talks about being pre-approved for a credit card, and Rachel responds with a super corny line about how uh, he's always pre-approved with them. I like that. It's cute. <laughs> uh, the fact he shoots her down so harshly with that, and it means nothing to him. It's just great. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, ah, oh, ooh. <laughs> Joey's being I, a bit brutal today. I really want to use that in future. Just like, that means nothing to me when someone's nice to me. Uh, we then see Chandler going back home. And Eddie is there with uh, some just-made pecan sandies. But those might not actually be raisins inside. Ew. Um, Chandler is unsure if they're living together, but Eddie has got them a new fish for the fish tank. And Okay, maybe he's not so weird after all, right? Uh, except for it's not a real fish. It's a goldfish cracker. 
Yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't want to sleep with someone uh, that crazy in my house. Yep, I'd already be on Monica's sofa. Yep. Like, just, and I'd lock the door. The one time that door would be locked, it would be Eddie's on the other side (laughs) of it. Uh, In our end credits, Ross sneaks out of Rachel's room in her small red dressing gown. Uh, go into the condo- condon drawers, I'm going to call it. Yep. Uh, as Richard does the same in Monica's pink dressing gown. It sure is brisk underneath those. I was once seeing a girl and I needed to go to the bathroom and didn't want to put all my clothes back on. So I used her dressing gown, except she had like a big woolly, like fleecy looking thing that looked really cozy or a silk kimono. And I decided <laughs> I'm going to put the kimono on. So I'm like, cool. Do you want to be extra fancy? Yep. Put the kimono on, you know, it feels nice on my skin. <laughs> and I toddled downstairs and her brother's girlfriend was in the living room. <laughs> and I had to walk through the living room to the bathroom in, in like this silk kimono at like two in the morning. I was like... Hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. Let's <laughs> just carry on. In, in my head, kimonos don't go that far down, right? Uh, they went far enough, but okay. you know, if there was a breeze, then it'd be a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, at least you uh, felt extra fancy with all the silk on you. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't actual real silk. Oh. That's the most sad part of the story. It felt smooth and silky, but it wasn't genuine. So, so, so it's got to be like polyester or something. Yeah. I didn't know it's because I'm a guy. <laughs> yeah. why, why would I? Um, but I mentioned, I like this silk, it's not real silk, and she ruined it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't feel as special now. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, that's the end of our episode. Um, it's a fast one, isn't it? Like, both in terms of, I guess, our episode and the sh- episode of the show, it's very pacey. Yeah, because we don't get a whole lot of Eddie. Like, in, well, in some ways we do. We, we we get a lot of Eddie, but very condensed. Like he he very quickly goes from the guy that Chandler's moved in with to is a nut job. Yeah, I think that that works well. I think if we had too much Eddie there's a chance you might start to like him, and he might become a little mm. bit endearing. Where you're like, oh, he's weird, but. Quir- like, you know how Phoebes is quirky and Eddie's weird? Yeah. I feel like if we only saw snippets of Phoebes the way we do Eddie, we'd probably think Phoebes is weird. But because we see enough for Phoebe, we go, oh, she's quirky, I like yeah. Phoebes. Whereas I feel like Eddie, if you see too much of him, you'd start to like him. So you need to keep him sparse so you realise he's a freak. And then obviously, you know, Joey's whole thing is quite short. It literally is, you know, a bit of the, the start where he finds out, you know, he's going to die. And then we get like a scene of him actually being killed off on screen. Yeah, it's just one of those things where Friends doesn't really do hangover storylines that often. No, as a show, like it's not like you know show of the week one and done. But this is definitely a setup episode. There, there's there's an overarching storyline always throughout, yeah. but generally each episode itself is self-contained. Yeah. And and you know the overarching stuff you don't need to worry about. So you can drop in an episode and be like, oh, Monica and Chandler are together. Oh, okay. Like it, it's not a big deal. Like it's not important that you miss that. You just know they're together. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, normally when they do carry over, it's, you know, part one and part two. So, yeah, but this has a, a bit more going on. Obviously, you've got a bit more of Eddie going to carry over. Uh, the stuff with Joey, definitely. Um, and, yeah, the, the whole Richard and, and Monica thing. Yeah, I mean, given that they basically, you know, say I love you to each other, you'd think that would be a bigger moment in the episode. But yeah. there's so much else going on. It's 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 almost it's almost dismissed. It's kind of like I love you, I love you too. <gasps> Richard said loves me. Oh great, little yeah, happy dance in the toilet, and then that's it. It's it's quite low key, like just from them anyway. Like it's actually quite a nice way to say it. instead of the whole blurting out "I love you." Like it's a nice way to say it without saying it. That's fair. Um, but it's it's going to turn into much bigger things with Richard because as anyone who's listening to us knows, like you've you've already watched all of Friends. I I would hope so by now. Yeah, uh, you know that their relationships do not last very long. Yeah. May, maybe twenty minutes <laughs> in an episode, if if you're lucky, right? 
Uh, and obviously, as the show goes on, the relationships do tend to get longer. Mm-hmm. But this one is, you know, it's an early one that actually like stays the course right till the very end, pretty much. And I really like Richard. Yeah. Like, not quite as much as Celtic's lady. She's not like, I'm not up there with the, they should have stayed together. Like, Richard isn't Monica's Celtic's lady or David to me, in the case of Phoebe's. But I do like Richard. Well, this is the problem with Richard in some ways. Is he's so charismatic, you know, even just the character, let alone the actor himself, right? Yep. That uh, when he comes back with the whole Chandler stuff, you're bit of you is like, well, actually, it's not so bad if Chandler and Monica don't get together because Richard's actually pretty great. Yeah, Richard's around. Yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, we won't spoil. I mean, that's like spoil. Oh, you keep saying this. Yeah, everyone's it, seen everyone's these a million times. But when obviously they don't work out for the reasons they don't work out, it's quite sad, um, mm. and I, it's quite nice that there's a breakup that's not. There's no bad person in the breakup, I guess. There's no we were on a break or someone cheated or did this. It's just a oh, weirdly complicated life got in the way type thing. Yeah, because there is a meme out there which is, you know, about about Ross going. You know, I'm not Joey. I don't cheat. And then it's like, you know, lists off a whole bunch of names of people that Ross has cheated on. Yeah, and obviously Julie's one of them, right? Um. Yeah, because like Julie is another character who you're like, no, actually, really like her, and and Richard's the same. Like, Richard can can be there anytime. There, there's nothing wrong. Richard does nothing wrong ever. No, and and certainly, yeah, as you say, like the whole reason they break up is just because they're in two different places, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I feel like a lot of people could take a look at Richard as a person and be like, oh, I could learn something from him as a character. Like he's he's very together. He's very open. He's very communicative. He doesn't. He doesn't have kind of emotional reactions in this. Not that he's like a robot, but everything he says is measured and yes. he says what he means and it just makes you like him. You're just like, oh, I trust Richard. Like, I would hang out with Richard. Well, yeah, there's going to be an episode, two episodes time, where the, the, the guys, you know, start uh, imitating Richard. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, actually, no, I would want to too. Like, I would want to be like a Richard type person where, you know, there, there's nothing showy offy about him, but he just has this like aura around him, I guess. Where you're like, you know, I trust him and I want to be... That's the person I would want to be like. Yeah, it's like a calming confidence. Yes. You just be like, oh, Richard's cool. Yeah. And then I'd ask him for moustache tips. Because <laughs> yeah. my moustache doesn't look anything like Tom Selleck's moustache. No, it doesn't. I don't think it's a bad moustache, but it ain't, it ain't Magnum <laughs> PI. Like, I'm not taking no criminals in the 80s. As, as long as I don't have to see you in very tight shorts that he used to wear, we're, we're all good. We're more Patreon exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the end of our episode, I guess. Yeah. Have you got anything more to add? No, it just, yeah, again, I guess just reiterating how punchy the episode feels. It's very much, you know, start, finish, and like, oh, wow, well, some of the episodes, I want to say they drag, but they, you know, you feel like you've been through 20 minutes, whereas this, yeah. it feels like four scenes and then it's done. Well, I've said it before, we start to get like mid season lulls. Uh, so, like, the first season had it, this one definitely has it. And, and I think all of them do. We're just like in the middle, they kind of slow things down a bit and kind of set things up. So you, you have like the whole start of the season, you have something big happening there for obvious reasons. You want to get people back in the new season. Then it kind of evens out a little bit in the middle and then like, right, we need to kind of end big again so things start kicking off again. And this is like one of those episodes. Yeah. In a way, it's one of the, it's as if the episodes that aren't the big giant event episodes are more interesting because they get to demonstrate more of everyday life. They get to reflect life more yeah. with the kind of like male ego insecurity and partners and that kind of stuff. And that's really interesting to talk about as, as a, for, especially for a podcast. Like it's much more interesting to go into, you know, why men feel insecure about this or does promiscuity matter or A, B and C than it is to be like, and then Ross and Rachel didn't get together again. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's nice to have something more, 
with more depth to talk about than just a punchline, I guess. Well, yes, especially if you look at the argument that Ross and Rachel had in this episode. It isn't just them kind of shouting at each other and moaning. There's there's more complexities to how Ross is reacting, which yeah. makes it way more interesting. I'm sure a lot of people watching or listening can relate to kind of that kind of argument where, you know, especially when you kind of date in a friendship group and you know the person's exes, it's kind of like, oh, wait, you slept with that person. Like, you're an idiot. That person's clearly a tool. Or, oh, wait, how do I compete with this? Well, well to me, it's more, it, it factors into, like, his future of, like, you know, Red Ross and his sandwich and stuff like that. There's all these little bits about Ross where you're like, ah, this later stuff kind of makes a bit more sense when you go back and see it's always kind of been a part of him. See, I think Red Ross kind of comes out of nowhere. I don't particularly like the Red Ross stuff. It's funny, but as part of who Ross is, I don't think there's much building work. And I don't think him being insecure and a bit neurotic about Paolo leads to Red Ross. Okay. Because it's, it's a completely different emotion. He goes from, like, upset, insecure, and kind of vulnerable to aggressive rage and that's a that's a big that's the other end of the emotional spectrum yeah but you never know maybe we'll pick up some more clues well yeah we'll discuss it when we get to that point well we all turn into roger every episode (laughs) yeah yeah. uh so yeah hopefully you enjoyed this episode we do have some bonus content out on our patreon we would really love it if you can support us you can support us from one pound a month so you know not even a cost of a coffee i don't know what coffee costs now it's probably like three or four pound at this point or a few dollars at least i I never buy coffee tea tea is like two pound it depends where you go she was i can get a good brew for in this city is one pound nine p so there so for less than a good brew yeah uh you can have a whole month of patreon community content uh you can also pay in dollars and euros and all sorts of things but for the five pound tier which you know is cheaper than a nando's you could get a about two or three Nando's. I like how we're just listing the things Ryan does. <laughs> Tea and Nando's. Yeah. <laughs> <It's just like laughs> Ryan could save money by donating to his yeah. own Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for, for the £5 a month tier, you get ad-free versions of our podcast and we do bonus content. So by the time this airs, uh, we should have you know, episode two and probably even episode three of Joey Up. Yeah. As we go through Joey, this series of Joey. Uh, same style as, as this. Uh, the main podcast will always be free, but we're going to have bonus content always going up every month for those. We will. And there's the £20 tier where you can become a producer and we read out your name on air and so on. Uh, there's loads of cool features and it basically helps us to to do this because we do pay for this out of our own pocket. Do this for free for you. Uh, there are costs involved like podcast hosting, like someone has to be paid for that. Yep. Uh, we do want to have like a third person on every so often. So we would love to be able to afford a mic. Uh, so we're on our way there with our few patrons that we've got currently. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of guests who want to come on, and they've got episodes in mind where, like my ex, for instance, it's like, if you do that episode without me, I'm going to be furious. And I'm yeah. just like, it's not your podcast, love. Like, like, it's <laughs> but she desperately wants to be here for like specific episodes. Yeah. So it'd be cool to be able to, you know, get some more equipment and get her on the show. Yeah. So, you know, if you can help support us, uh, please do join us. We will make sure it's worth your while for sure. Uh, you can also join us on the Facebook and the Twitter at Watch Friends Pod, as I said earlier. So, you know, write to us. Let us know what you think about this episode. You know, we will read out your comments. Um, in fact, I want uh, to put a request out. We want some letters to read out. Anything Friends related, write to us. I want, I want to read out some stuff. Uh, so you can also write to us. If you go to watchingfriends.com, there is a contact form there. You know, send us a message. You know, tell us what you think about an episode. Tell us what you think about the characters. Tell us what uh, friends tattoos that you've got. Uh, tell us what friends tattoos uh, Ryan should get. 
it might happen. Just Gunther's face. <laughs> <laughs> a large one on your back here. Yeah. Actually, that does bring me on to something I saw recently, which was uh, another Facebook meme where someone was like, I wanted to see Gunther and uh, Rachel together, so I photoshopped them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awkward Photoshop of this couple embracing, like as if they got married with their head stuck on. And I can just imagine actually Gunther doing that, just cutting out like pictures of Rachel and his head and just like sellotaping them on top of a different photo. Well, that makes Gunther seem creepy. I thought Gunther's <laughs> sweet. Yeah, no, Gunther is a little bit creepy about Rachel, isn't he? Like he tells people like, you know, she's my girlfriend and stuff like that. I, I feel like yeah, he would he do that level. I don't ruin it. He, no, he, he's, he's, not, he's not crazy Eddie. He's just, he's not super creepy. He's low, he's low key creep, isn't he? Yeah, although... He never asks, all right? He tries. Yeah, he tries. But so, yeah. No, I, I like Gunther a lot. Um, but yeah, that, that made me laugh. So yeah, I, I feel like you should have that on your back. Rachel and Gunther together. I read a really interesting article today, in fact, about Gunther and the way James Michael Tyler portrayed the character. Okay. Um, which I'll, I'll briefly go into. But essentially, he says that you've got the core Friends cast and most Gunther types in other sitcoms are just in the background and they're there almost like a prop and you bring them out and you put them back and you bring them out and you put them back and they don't really do anything. They're just, okay, yeah, we needed someone to do this line or to put someone in this position. Yeah. Whereas the way James Michael Tyler played it, he played it as if, and I guess it was also slightly written like the way, as if he was fully aware that he wasn't part of the sitcom. He wasn't this kind of like happy-go-lucky, attractive 20-something living this dream life in New York City. He knew he was on the outside of that group and he plays the role like it. It was almost like a kind of bit of like, outsider resentment so, so he wants to get in like he's he's the person who looks over longingly at that group going i wish i were friends with them and tries to like break in but never manages it yeah and yeah. kind of resents the fact that he isn't and i hadn't thought about it until i read this article this morning and then i read it and there's a bunch of times where he just makes like a, the, an arsey comment or the well, glee takes in yeah <laughs> that, we're on a break well there's the moment where it's like i thought you were joey <laughs> <laughs> it's just and just certain facial expressions he pulls at times and i was like okay that was really really insightful article to it it's really cool i can't remember where it was now I feel like I should like well, the source. But. There's like the moment where, you know, he tells Rachel that, you know, Ross had cheated on her with the copy girl. Yeah. And, you know, just he has this smug look on his face. And I, yeah, saying it like that isn't so much he did it because he hates Ross being with Rachel. It's almost like I want to destroy the group. So maybe there's a chance I can now get yeah, in. Like yeah, like if Ross is out of the group, I can move in. Well, well, yeah. It may, well, maybe even if Rachel's upset as well, then that's more reason for me to talk to her and. Yeah, I know. I, I like that idea. That's that's really good. Well, I felt bad not citing the source, so I looked it up. Uh, it's from a website called The Atlantic, uh, Atlantic.com. Uh, How Gunther broke the fourth wall uh, by Megan Garber. So, if you're interested, give it a read because it was very, very interesting thing for me to read this morning. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's always a reason to stick around for our little credits and stuff because you know, if you'd turned off by now, when I since I mentioned the Twitter and Facebook stuff, you wouldn't have heard that interesting fact part of my new plan it's to, it's to find an extra bit tip, bit of information at the end so you have to listen to the socials well one of our patrons uh, wrote into us actually and they was discussing uh, about the netflix versus the dvd versions of the show yes so as we've mentioned previously the netflix versions are, are cut down versions they're, they're generally like the tv edit uh, if you get certain versions of the dvd you have to be really careful because there's so many different versions of the dvds out there and the blu-rays um, certain versions have extended scenes and basically like the episodes go on for about five minutes longer at, at points where they have whole extra scenes that were just completely cut. 
Sometimes for like good reason because they don't really add anything to the episode. And other times there's just like absolute hilarity that, that's going on. Um, like there is one scene where it's where Chandler and, and Ross are recreating the wedding photos. Mm-hmm. And Chandler actually grabs onto the bride and pulls off the dress and you see her in her like sexy underwear. And it's extremely embarrassing, right? But you don't ever see that in the, the Netflix or the TV versions. And there's all these jokes in there that are, that are worth watching. Um, and I think that's something that we're going to cover on the Patreon is go through like the, the previous series and obviously the future ones and go through the cut scenes and talk about them and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a woman called Ariana who got in touch, wasn't it? And yeah. told us about one of Phoebe's songs that isn't in the, the Netflix or TV cut, which I still haven't looked up by so, any means. Well, we, we discussed that actually now. I'm pretty sure we discussed it in the very first episode because Phoebe was meant to be seen singing on... Uh, the subway yeah but all the people going up and down the stairs were creating too much noise because they just built built like a really like crappy looking stage yeah and it was just so noisy that you basically couldn't hear her singing so it's like no nah, just cut it even though it's actually kind of an important moment to to have in there to describe who she is yeah just read the content of the song i guess and gives you a lot of insight into who phoebe is yeah uh, but yeah but thank you very much ariana we very much appreciate you getting in touch and uh, and the feedback yeah, so and the support so, so yeah so thank yeah. you Definitely come and join the community on our Patreon. There's other Friends fans out there who are just like you, that, that, that love us. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, you know, want to discuss the episodes. So, yeah, we, we really want to have a little community there to talk about things. Um, so, yeah, come and join us there. As I said, you can write to us. I really want people to write to us so we can have some letters to read out every episode. That would be great. Yep. Um, come on, you're, you're probably listening to us on your phone now. Uh, before this ends, just write us a little email. We need like a kind of like Harry Hills TV burp style, like comment of the week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be like, so and so said this. Like, we're right, stop going up on tangents. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you could be at the start of an episode. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for for this episode. We'll be back next week, won't we? Indeed. Um, do you know what the episode title is, Ryan? Off the top of your head. Uh, the one where Eddie won't leave. Are you sure it's that? <laughs> no. The it, one where Eddie that, won't go. It doesn't sound right, does it? Neither sound right to me now you've asked. Yeah. I didn't it's going to be a pop quiz today on the podcast. Uh, we had a pop quiz at the start yep. and there's a pop quiz at the end. I, I, feel, I feel like I need to do it so you can uh, prove your friend's credentials or at least learn something in the future, right? I mean, I feel like being co-host of a friend's podcast is enough friend's credentials, <laughs> even if I do get mocked in the comments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, when we invite your ex on, she knows absolutely everything about friends. She does. Uh, I imagine we'll go into it when she's on the uh, episode. Um, but we did go to a friend's quiz as a group, didn't well, we? Well, yeah, we did. We described that back, uh, back when that happened a long time that ago. That was forever ago now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she could have won that single handedly, to be fair. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't need your help at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Didn't uh, need me in the quiz. Didn't need me in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end it. Yeah. I think we end it there. So I'll do, fa- an, I'll do an Eddie and overshare. Thank you very much for listening to us. We'll be back again next week. Uh, until then, goodbye. Cheerio.